Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Make Your Own Damn Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the wonderful, wacky films of trauma entertainment. I am Lucas Mangum, and with me today, as always, is Mr. Jeff Burke. How are you doing today, Jeff? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even know how we're going to start this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to get it out of the way. Uh, what did you make me watch, man? <laughs> I made you watch Six Sock Monsters from Outer Space, which, as I said at the end of the last episode, it just sounded insane to me. And I bought the Blu-ray from Troma.com. Um, yeah, I own this movie on Blu-ray now. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, I was under the impression that it was a all-sock puppet movie uh, with one uh, human actor and drugs and violence and gore and that um, it maybe also a musical and it turns out outside of the gore factor all these things were true yeah yeah um so and it's an italian film so this is actually our second italian film in a row and it answers our uh the question we raised at the end of uh last (laughs) week's podcast what has italian cinema been up to uh since the glory days of lucio fulci and dario argento you know, if this is where Italy's going in film, I'll be honest, I am 100% there for it. I'm willing to back them up every step of the way. <laughs> so, we have um, a movie that is, uh, so it's, title in Italian is not Six Sock Monsters from Outer Space. No. It is um, Dolcese. Extrema. I am Dolce probably, Extrema. Like, yeah, I, which, yeah. Which I think sounds like a badass title for it, uh, which, a movie. Except it translates to Extreme Sweetness. Oh. I, <laughs> you, you know, I didn't bother to look up what the title actually meant in Italian. That doesn't follow at all. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense with this movie. Oh man. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so we, so I picked this movie last week <laughs> because I did, like, Troma on their official website has some, like, really great deals for DVDs and Blu-rays, and so, like, I ordered a bunch of stuff, uh, stuff that I knew we'd eventually be covering on this show, and I wanted to have the hard copies to go over the special features, commentaries and such, and then I ordered a bunch of random things that I had, like, never heard of that just looked interesting. This yeah. was one of those picks. This is one of those I have no idea what the fuck I am getting, but this looks fun. Um, what the fuck did I subject this to? Um, I'm not sure. And I think that's going to be the theme of the episode. Is, is, is... So for everyone listening, um, <laughs> off recording, we had a brief conversation where we both confessed to each other that neither one of us understood this movie. And I looked up um, pretty much every review online that has been written about this movie, because there's not many of them, and nobody understands this movie. There's a loose basic plot line I've been able to pick out from just mm-hmm. getting different bits and pieces from here and there and some descriptions that Troma has about, but for everyone listening, we don't know what the fuck we watch. Like, this, this is madness. <laughs> this is fucking madness. Um, I will say it's it's pretty good-looking madness. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, sh- shall we start with the description? Yes, let's, uh, let's hear what Troma has to say for itself. Okay, I actually have two Troma descriptions. I have the one from the website, and the one on the website is just one sentence long. And I, so then I have the, a completely different description on the black of, back of my Blu-ray. And so I'll read that one second. So first, from Troma's website, the description is, In an unspecified year in the future, the captain... Praxis and his space pirate crew are forced to deliver tanning salons to every corner of the universe. Dochelza Extrema Starship will live an extraordinary adventure. That, that's All right. it. That's, that's it. The, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's it's like it's like Praxis, right? Isn't that the captain? Am I saying I that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's P I X W S, but I believe that the way they were pronouncing it was like Praxis. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. If I'm wrong, please excuse me, everybody. So, here is a much longer description from the back of Troma's Blu-ray. As the new king of the galaxy, King Jir... God damn it. Gregorio... I don't know. I don't know. Fucking Italian. (laughs) Fucking Italian name. I don't know. Comes to power with an idea that fitness regimes will keep us will keep his populace content, the once-renowned badass galactic rock star Captain Praxis is tasked with delivering essential tanning beds to every corner of the universe. Everyone will notice that my delivery of that sentence was really um, odd, and it's because that should have been multiple sentences, but Trump on the back of the Blu-ray just has commas. That hmm. is, um, that's supposed to be one sentence, everything I said there. I don't think that's correct. Praxis and his crew of six sock monsters find themselves on a mysterious planet, Nemesis, where they discover the gruesome truths behind King Gregorio's galactic regime. Gregorio, I think that's actually how I pronounce it. I just, right. I just, like, man, uh, face-planted it on my first attempt there. Intense sex, drugs, and violence paired with a vibrant soundtrack of vintage sci-fi orchestral works and death metal makes six sock monsters from outer space out of this world. That's the that's the trauma introduction I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm happy they explained that much on the back cover because I needed that just to get my foot in the door of this fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so first off, so you, I, you watch this on Troma Now, correct? I did, I did. Did Troma Now have the Lloyd Kaufman introduction? It did. You know, if they did, um, I think they did, but I think it was separate because I did not watch it. But I did, when I typed in Six Sock Monsters, I got multiple results. So I think one of the oh, okay. results may have been that introduction. The, the introduction is pretty fucking cool. Um... Instead of Lloyd behind his desk, it's Lloyd in what looks to be the basement of the Troma offices, and he's re- reporting from, like, the Tromaville spaceship. And, oh, that's fun. I know, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And he's wearing, like, um, a, a glass jug that would go for, like, a water cooler as, like, a space helmet. And <laughs> it, it's fun. It's cute. It's Lloyd being Lloyd. I dug it. We need, a, do... we need him to do one of these for our show eventually. Yes, yes, that's what we need. That's what we'll, yeah. that's what we'll know we've made it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start raking in the pennies then. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, then it cuts to footage from the New York Comic Con where they did a Six Sock Monsters from Outer Space music video, which it's just really like a quick throwing together but cute uh, folk song about six sock monsters from outer space, six sock <laughs> monsters from outer space, six sock monsters from outer space. And it has a bunch of like half-naked women with pasties on uh, dancing with sock puppets at the New York Comic Con. So it's a fun time. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> And then, and then, so for me, with the Blu-ray, then the movie starts. Um, I, I don't even know how we're going to fucking tackle this, to be honest with you, dude. I don't either, and I was, like, kind of having a bit of a panic about it. Like, I was like, oh, man, Jeff's going to be mad because, like, I didn't pay close enough attention to the movie. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's not what happened, I swear. No, dude, like, no, dude, I, there's, like, <laughs> this is incomprehensible gibberish. But kind of really fascinating. So I feel like we should just, like talk about like like before we've been doing this of like going through the movie and talking about by plot point by plot point here i feel like we should just go whatever is on our minds and whatever we feel like because like to start off this movie feels less like me as like a movie and more like a series of vignettes um that they the, the creators had these um they had these sets in quotation marks these characters which are sock puppets god i think even before we get to that i guess we need to talk about what this movie actually looks like which it, it is a all sock, sock puppet movie mm-hmm. with one character appearing only his head in green screen and he's like evil 
overlord, dystopian overlord, and a shit ton of awful mid nineties PlayStation Two CGI. <laughs> I gotta I gotta correct you. If you're saying mid nineties, it's uh, PlayStation One. But you know that's neither here nor there. You know what? I should say PlayStation One because there were cutscenes in Final Fantasy Seven that looked better than something. <laughs> That said, I mean, when you take, you know, uh, when you, you know, uh, if you think, if you think about it without the CGI, you know, um, it's quite an imaginative looking film. Like, I think, I I kind of dug it. I dug the look of it a lot. Like, it's not, it's like, I want to make it clear to like listeners, like, it's not just somebody fucking around with sock puppets. Like, I mean, like, if you're like thinking like, oh, like. Trauma really jumped the shark by picking up this one, you know, like, no, it's not. No, no, they put a lot of thought, they put a lot of effort into this, like, it's very visually impressive, and that's, I'm curious what the Trauma Now um, print is like, and that's my one complaint, my one major complaint about it, is the Blu-ray is so dark and fuzzy, and I really wish I could see a lot of the sets, the sock puppets, the oh. um, effects way better. There's a lot of scenes in my Blu-ray copy that were so dark, it was borderline hard to make out what was happening on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I would say, like, I didn't have any issues with visual clarity. Um <laughs> Well, it's funny because I watched the trailer afterwards, and there were some scenes in the trailer that were way clearer and way um look way visually better than they do in the blu-ray of the actual scene of the movie interesting yeah because i yeah so um even though you can get trauma now on a smart tv like i i still watch it on my computer i just i actually really enjoy watching movies on my computer um for whatever reason you got a um, family you got kids they don't need another filth that you're fucking watching for this that's show. true that's true <laughs> uh you know i um you know, I added Arrow films to the uh, streaming, uh, you know, uh, pile, and yeah, they do not need to know what either. Fil- well, they do not need to know what filth you are watching. Hundred <laughs> percent, no. Hundred percent, no. Um, yeah, but now it's like, you know, now it's like, uh, I completely lost my train of thought. But like, I'm wondering if, like, I guess, like. Yeah, I don't know if there if that had something to do with why it looks the way it does on Troma now, and uh, you know, look, I thought it looked really good on uh, you know on Troma now. Yeah, I thought the visual quality of the Blu-ray was really poor, which got really frustrating at points because like the main thing this film has going for it is its visual aesthetic, and it's really unique. Yes. It's really interesting. Like, I'm happy that we watch this movie for this episode just to see it visually. That I agree. I agree. Like, I'm just, it's a really interesting zero budget experiment. And we do mean zero budget. Like, I mean, if according to Wikipedia, like, you know, that great bastion of um, information, <laughs> uh, it was a no budget production. And I believe, um, if I recall correctly, Lloyd Kaufman in his introduction said, "I, God, I, I should have written this down. So forgive. I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was either two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars was the amount that the, this movie oh, was so, made for. So it did have a budget. Yeah, yeah, no, it did have a budget. Okay. Um, look, this is actually like trying to look into this movie was very difficult. Uh, yeah. But it just does come from a what I'm going to guess is a you know, artist collective in Italy who mm-hmm. makes a bunch of uh, the, the no budget. And this doesn't mean literally no budget, but like, yeah, a, but like a colloquialism for like, okay. like low budget movie right now is $5 million. This was made for a sliver of a fraction of what a low budget movie is. Yeah. Um, Lobo Arts is the name of the production company that made okay. this, and this is their second movie, and they've also made a third one since this one has come out. And so it seems a lot of people who worked on um, the movies all cross over, so I'm guessing this is like some sort of like artist collective or a okay. group of independent artists that all know each other 
And yeah, because I, I read see- the uh, the no budget line and on Wikipedia, and I was thinking it was just this Alberto Genovese uh, fellow, just like. <laughs> no, no, this is really this eccentric, is a... like building weird sets under his bed or something. No, some... no, no, no. This is a group of people that like operate as a quote unquote production company. Cool, cool. And they all looking into their movies, what seems to be their big um, uh, con card is the combine um, mediums and visual styles. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, combining props, animation, um, like like live action just just combining um cgi just combining different visual aspects together but yeah. doing it on a very low uh low budget and that seems to be kind of like their calling card and they seem to be primarily like uh, to the best of my knowledge this is the only work of theirs that's received any sort of english language um like distribution crossover and then mm. trying to look up these people i ran into a wall really quickly because there is interviews with these people there is stuff out there documenting them but it's all 100 <laughs> percent in italian there yes. is nothing and their, in uh, english about their names their names in wikipedia have the uh, the dreaded red which means yeah. the link goes nowhere <laughs> um so these are like some Probably like super cool hip underground Italian artists, and it's like we just don't know. They just never cross the language they, barrier. They would probably be our, our friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like these seem like people we'd be. These seem exactly like people that we'd be friends with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so like, and also artists like this movie is really up its own ass and i say that in kind of a good way it's a really weird like experimental film and very heavy experiment like emphasize emphasis on experimental at points yeah i um uh, look i said i found myself constantly frustrated because i was trying to figure out what was going on but that said like i am insanely glad this movie exists yeah this this is like cool just to see that something like this is out there yeah like somebody i don't know like it's you know it like it's it's almost embodies the spirit of trauma in in that like kind in that way like where it's just like we have limited resources how are we going to make a movie and you know Alberto's answer uh, was, I'm going <laughs> to... Have you seen uh, the movie Dave Made a Maze? Mm-mm. Oh my no. god, I cannot recommend this movie more to you. It's actually going to be added to Shudder's catalog later this month. I'm not exactly sure when, but it's going to be on Shudder this August. We are not um, endorsed in any way by Shudder. Lucas and I just both really think they are quality streaming services. Yeah. Shudder, yes, we will do. happily take your money if you want to offer it. <laughs> but they're adding Dave Made the Maze, which is one of my no-joke, like, probably it might be in one of my top ten all-time films, period. It might be. If it's not my top ten, it's in my top 15. Wow. And um, it is oh, one of those shit. Is one Sorry, of those I just brought up some of the images for it. Oh, like, yes, yes. Yes, the visual style of it is insane because it's all made with cardboard. It's literally a movie that anyone could have made except these people actually fucking did it. And it's both both jealousy-inspiring and incredibly, like, optimistic-inspiring because it's, like, it's a template of, like, look, anyone... Like, no matter what you have available, you can make an amazing visual work of art. And they did it with cardboard, and this movie did it with socks and recycled materials. Yes. Yeah, socks, recycled materials, and the most basic CGI editor you could get for a computer. And it both works, both movies, I like mentally in my head, I was connecting the two of them because I find them both very inspiring. And that mm-hmm. it's like, if if you have creativity, you can make you can make something. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, I completely agree. I think um, where there's creativity, there is a way. I, I think, um, you know, and I think that's why, you know, people like us gravitate towards independent film and, and punk rock is, is like people who have these like limited resources and sometimes even limited skill still made the thing. Yeah, and that's the best. I like. I always prefer. Um, like, like I, I've gotten into. I don't want to say arguments because it's not an argument, but like, like good-natured intellectual debates with some friends of mine that are a bit more um, fond of art that is more, shall we say, technically proficient. Yeah. And as I always relate it, is that I rather see something done poorly than I've never seen done before rather than something done technically perfect that I've seen a million times before. And I think that sums up my love, as you brought up for, like, punk rock, for low-budget um, yeah. low budget movies outside their visual art, is, like, show me something I haven't seen before. And I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this movie. Because um, I do also like bring up, like, this movie also gets into, like, almost weird... David Lynch esque yes. like darkness mood um things like when I was watching this movie I was actually completely sober and half and then not even halfway. It was like twenty minutes into the movie. I was like, I need to get high for this shit. Yeah. And then I got high and I kept watching the movie and I'm like, Yes, this is how this film was meant to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh I wonder if Uncle Lloyd uh imbibes I, I do not know. I do not yeah, know. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like to think he does. I'm sure he... I, I know... I, I would imagine he had to have at some point be, being like, you know... Being uh, him. Being, being a him hippie and, of that generation. Yes, you know? yes. Like, yeah, like... Yes. <laughs> he was part of the old school... Remember, you get straight... He was part of the yippies, which... Yeah. Remember, hippie was like the, the, the media term yeah, yeah, yeah. that was put on. It was the yippies were like the real shit. And Lake Kaufman was probably part of the yippies. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. So we talked about like, so, so yeah. How dark and weird, experimental this movie gets at many points. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's. I mean, a lot of times, like it was just in the the visual style. Like it has this very like industrial like. Um, like industrial, like but like lo-fi kind of look, like where it's just I don't know. I mean, the whole movie is like uh, I mean, it, it looks dystopian. Everything about it looks like post-apocalyptic Blade Runner is what like popped in my head while watching. Yeah. So if the Blade Runner universe collapsed and went post-apocalyptic, yeah, that's kind of like the visual aspect that this movie was bringing. Yeah, I would even I, uh, I would even say a little bit of uh, hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah, hardware. Yeah. Um. And then it had like a bunch of weird sex stuff in it, which. <laughs> Oh it's God! Hilarious yeah, because yeah, talking about sock puppets. <laughs> there is a lot of weird sex stuff in this. We get we get um, multiple uh, sock puppet sex scenes, um, including there's actually a deleted scene which is included on uh, a Blu-ray of uh, one sock puppet giving another sock puppet uh, cunnilingus. Yes. So. Yes. I, I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I. Okay. So I don't remember that scene because it's not. I don't think it was on that showing w- out. But it, it may have been referenced in the movie, but on the Blu-ray you see it in uh, graphic detail, including a sock puppet um, vagina that's anatomically correct. So um, that was deleted for some reason. Why uh, is a mystery? Is a mystery yeah. to me. Um, <laughs> And then we do also have a, I, I do like the uh, sock puppet dominatrix that their sub is a telepath, but shy, so has to use a chalkboard to communicate itself. And yeah. that actually, I, I'm not saying that remotely sarcastically, I legitimately thought that was an amazing idea for a character pairing. Like, it's to me, that right? is so funny and interesting. 
And like nothing's really done with it in the movie because this isn't that kind of movie. This movie is no. about character exploration. It's more about crazy, insane visuals and moments being thrown at the viewer. But I legit like that concept as a character. I was like, oh man. I also like- genuine. I also genuinely love the opening scene where it's like this weird sermon kind of thing. Oh, I but actually- it's all based around fitness. I actually hated the opening scene, and I was really fucking worried about how I was going to think about the movie, and I liked the rest of it much better. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it was, was all, the ye- all the yelling about fitness, and it yeah. was really, I felt like, really cliche done post-apocalyptic world news is in control dictator sure no i no, i did like the um uh, i guess when it started to win me over and then the rest of the movie went on so i'm like okay i'm on board for this was when they brought in like the playstation one graphic bodybuilder in the speedo flexing yeah. to the camera yeah and showing off his muscles and showing off his ass and i'm like okay this is this is kind of funny like yeah. this is kind of clever and funny Man, I wish I had acid when I watched this movie. Acid has come up a bunch of times on this show, and while watching this, I was like, man, if I had this movie when I was taking acid on the regular, I would have totally watched this movie on acid and had a blast. <laughs> That's incredible, man. I've, uh, believe I believe would have been like I, that at the end of it, like, no, dude, I can explain this whole movie to you. Yeah. We're going to need a four-hour show, but, dude, I got this all down. <laughs> I-, I believe it, man. I believe it. Uh... I've actually never done acid. I've always been weirdly afraid to. And now that, like, I'm a dad, I feel like it would just be weird. But like, I think it'd be very weird being a dad being on acid. I think yeah. it'd be very weird. Yeah. I don't really recommend it to the to the fathers. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, I recommend it to, uh, to teenagers everywhere, but I do not recommend it to dads. No, I do not. I do not <laughs> recommend drugs like that until one is, like, in their 20s. It's like... That's that was fair. when I started doing this shit, and I, like, never had a bad trip, and it was because I waited until I was a bit older, only did around people I closely trust in environments I felt completely safe in, and never had a bad trip, and did it literally hundreds of times. And, wow. Well, I, no, I, sh- I should take that back. I didn't do acid hundreds of times. I did acid, shrooms, 2CE, 2CB, yeah. ayahuasca, a combination of all those things. All those together, hundreds of times. I've oh, probably okay. done. I've probably done acid around a hundred times. Probably shrooms around another hundred. Probably the two C's around another hundred. Oh shit! I've, I, I, do I don't even know what those C things are. I got to be honest. I've never even heard of those <laughs> things. Um, but uh, these are all things that would be very enjoyable doing and watching this movie. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Rock on. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this this like really fell into, um, God, I don't know exactly how to like quantify it, but like in its weirdness, its surrealness, it's like not having a direct linear narrative concept to it. It reminded me a lot also of like a lot of the like classic midnight movies of mm. like early John Waters, um, Eraserhead Head by Lynch, um, yeah. Early Hodorowski. Now, it's not as serious as any of those movies. If anything, it probably falls closer to, like, early John Waters type of stuff. Oh, that's... No, that's a good call. That's a good call. I could see that with, like... Especially with all the uh, sex and drugs innuendo um, that, you know, comes into play. And, and it's uh, also, it's, it's disjointed narrative, which is something I associate with all of those early... Um, midnight movies of like the original batch of midnight movies cult movies yeah and um amelia lots of other movies have done disjointed narratives before and since but that was my introduction to disjointed narrative in weirdo weirdo art and so i always associate it with my getting exposed to early john waters early lynch early hodorowski which all happened at the same time for me Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Like, cause it does have, and I, I, I guess that's probably why, like, you know, uh, the trauma folks, uh, gravitated towards it. Oh shit. If I was like 
someone in trauma and I was being tasked to go through submissions and I got this and this is submission, I'd be immediately fast tracking it to the top to be like, yeah. oh, no, we've got to do this. This is something really fucking interesting here. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. It's just something that, like, I don't know. Like, we'll never see another movie like this. No, no, for good or bad. For good or bad. <laughs> yeah, for good or bad. There's only like, one six sock monsters from outer space. Yes, yes. Or uh, extreme sweetness. <laughs> so do we even want to begin to try to tackle what this movie was about? We can, yeah, we can, like, I guess, try some broad strokes. Um, so what I was coming in here for prepared to was just to give my plot synopsis yeah. and be like, what can we pull from that? Um, so my plot synopsis is we have a dystopian future that is essentially, um, like, the priority of it is exercise and personal fitness. And the dictator is going to distribute um, tanning beds to mm-hmm. all of the colonies so everyone can be, like, nice and tan. And so they can, like, you know, I guess flex real good and look really good. And the crew that is supposed to distribute the tanning beds is a ex-heavy metal band. And they're now, like, spaceship freighters. And, uh, and I don't know how they became that way. I don't think it's ever actually explained in the movie <laughs> or what. Um, but while they're dist- while they're going through this process, getting the tanning beds, uh, they for some reason turn on the dictator for reasons that I missed in the movie. Yeah. And I tried to figure out, and I cannot figure out why they turned on the dictator, but they do. <laughs> Notice that that the Wikipedia plot summary says that it happens after their arrival on the planet Nemesis, but it does not say why it happens after their arrival on the planet Nemesis. I don't know. I don't know, and I looked at multiple write-ups on this movie, and nobody seems to know why that happens. But they do this, and so then they go into rebellion against the dictator, and then their ship explodes, but they manage to crash into the planet spaceship thingy that the dictator lives on which turns into a sun which then (laughs) brightens up all the colonies so now nobody needs a tanning bed because now there's a sun again because there wasn't a sun before and now everyone can tan naturally with the sun and that's the movie and my head hurts (laughs) yeah um so uh i do want to i do want to jump in um so that uh the italian title um Dolcezza Extrema is uh, is is uh, according to Wikipedia, it's actually the name of the pirate ship. I see it on Wikipedia. I cannot account. I did not get said. that from the movie. I did not. I did not account for that in the movie at all. I don't not remember that ever being mentioned. I don't know. That said, the movie was a lot to take in, so maybe it was mentioned and I forgot. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent willing to guarantee that they're like. That half the movie is barely in my brain because that was just a barrage of sensory experience. So I had to watch it twice because you um, watched the, it twice. Yeah, Fucking yeah. So uh, the is first this a movie, time I do think I will revisit in like a year or so's time. I'll be like, I want to watch that again just to give that. Yeah, it's just like I want to. Like, show did I again. actually watch that? What the fuck? Was that a fever dream or did I actually watch that and do a podcast? Episode well, the first time I watched it, I was like, I was like really tired and I was like kind of nodding out. But every time there was a fucking death metal musical number, I like jerked awake. Oh, yeah, we've barely <laughs> mentioned that this movie is a musical. There are yes. multiple musical numbers, and not all metal, broken into throughout the course of the movie. Right, right. Including yeah, one that has for a visual, very beautiful, very colorful, dancing, inflated condoms. Oh, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just can't believe you said that sentence. Like, that's, the, I mean, that's just incredible. But it's really well done. It it's is. It's really it is. visually interesting and really well done. Like, I... I I command the creators. Is, command, credit uh, where command, credit is due. Yeah. Command the creators is like he, he did some really visually interesting shit throughout this movie. I agree. 
Yeah. Um, but so I described the plot line. How much of that did you actually get from the movie? Not like like none of it, man. Like yeah, I I, I, I got like none of that as well. I'm just going on all the descriptions, other people's reviews. That was just like pieced together from like ten different, like the only ten things on the internet written in the English language about this movie. Piecing them together, that was apparently the plot of the movie. Though I remember when I was watching it, and their ship blows up, and they still crash into the planet space station, whatever, and ignites in flames. I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." And then yeah. later, the, and then when I read one of the descriptions, it's like, "Now there's a sun in the sky, so no one needs tanning beds." I was like, "Aha! I get it." Um, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did find one website uh, that was like that said positive things about this movie, but they also said a lot of really negative things about trauma. So like, Oh, like what? I'm, I'm curious. No, just, just that trauma sucks. Like they were just like, Oh, like this was a, this was a rare gem in the otherwise shitty, uh, I don't catalog. see how you could like this movie and, and not, not like, like other, trauma. Like, yeah, and not like other trauma things. Admittedly, like this is an outlier. It's, it's a bit more experimental and a bit more, um, it's a bit more experimental in both uh, structure and visual sense, but it's still that same low budget, go for broke of um, outsider creators that is yeah. present amongst every trauma movie. Whether they it's, succeed or fail is irrelevant. And that is the thing that ties every trauma movie together. Definitely, and it's also, I don't know, it's like a lower level of the iceberg, right? So, like, theoretically. If you like this weird shit, you can appreciate the entry level shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, seriously. If you like this, like you like this, you can't get into fucking Casablanca uh, High or Father's yeah. Day or Cable uh, the Musical. Like, what the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> like, <sighs> oh man. But. Do we have anything more to say about the story of this movie? Because really, I feel actually the story is um, the secondary, least important, the important yeah. thing. I've uh, found that there's one other podcast out there that has done an episode about this movie, and I listened to it, and their episode is just a full hour of dissection of the plot line of this movie, oh, and they shit. mention nothing else. And quite frankly, I think that podcast, I won't name them, uh, missed the entire fucking point of this movie yeah yeah and not every movie needs to have a plot or or at least the plot is not the most important thing though i will admit they did help me figure out some of those things i gave in the plot description of like oh that's what was going on (laughs) um uh wow so yeah the musical numbers what do you think of the musical numbers um you know uh they they were fine, you know. They were they you know they're fun. Um, I uh, my uh, my death metal days are probably behind me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked death metal. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know. Uh, but um, no, I thought they were uh, yeah, they were fun. I mean, they were they were they were nice little um, pick me ups, you know, when you're kind of just like. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, oh, cool, a song, you know. <laughs> Man, can you imagine how fucking awesome this movie would be to see on the big screen? Yeah. I'm serious. Like, no, for this sure. would be an awesome on the big screen at like... On the big screen with a fucking crowd. Yes. Oh, my God, this movie would be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, this is one of those, like... Yeah, I mean... I mean, you said it earlier, like the midnight movie experience where it's like you have to see it with fucking other weirdos. I thought about that while while I was watching this movie. That it's like, man, I wish this came out when I was like back in my college days and doing like my big, like hosting my big movie parties and shit. Because this is totally a movie I would throw on to fuck with people. And, yeah. Like a room of like, like 10, 20 people. And be like, what the hell are we watching? And everyone just go, like, drinking beer, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, going nuts. Like, having, having a, great, a good time. Having yeah. a great fucking time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's definitely built for that, I think, because, like, because the plot kind of takes a backseat to just, like, the way the film looks and, like, some of the individual sequences, um, I think um, you can put it on at a party and, like, have it where, like, Oh, this would be a great background party movie. Holy shit, would this be perfect for it. Exactly, like... We're drinking beers, people are making out in the corner, you know, like, and then then you look over and you see, you know, sock puppets. So what was, what was your favorite or favorite sequences from, from this? There was a scene where the, I don't know if she was supposed to be like the ship captain or somebody, but she like kind of tries to make who I think was the main character the sex a sex slave at some point. Yes, yes, that did indeed happen in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was the thing she was saying, which escaped me right now, sadly. Um I don't know. I just thought it I just thought they were, it was funny. <laughs> I really liked uh the Scene with the, I already mentioned before, with the dominatrix, with the sub, he's psychic, but he's shy, so he has to communicate via chalkboard. I thought that whole sequence was just absurdly clever and really funny. Yeah. Um, I also liked when they went to the planet and they did their most uh most Isley, whatever the fuck the name of that bar Most is. Isley. Most Isley. Most Isley. Yeah. Thank you. Whatever yeah. the fuck that bar is in Star Wars. And they did their own spin on it, and they had, like, yes, three yes, fish yes. singing the praise of the dictator. Mm-hmm. We're so happy he is here. Or, like, like, whatever the guy's name is. We're so happy he is here. We're so happy he is. Like, it was just so poorly done on purpose that I thought that was really hilarious. Yeah. Um... Just overall, I kind of love the visuals of the movie. Like, it, yeah. like, I just wish the Blu-ray was better fucking quality. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what since else? There's, since there's an alien reference in this movie, but I am having a hell of a time remembering. I don't remember alien, any alien reference. Yeah. Star Wars, so we're looking at the Wikipedia. Star Wars is obvious. Um, the Captain Harlick, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know is. what that is either. <laughs> um, and the Muppet Show, I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Captain Harlick is a uh, manga. Um, I have no idea. Oh, I'm, okay. not, I'm not a manga person, so I don't know. Um. Yeah. So yeah, this I'm too much of a dabbler when it comes to manga and anime. So I, I yeah, I do not know. Now, outside of uh, Junji Ito and yeah. um, the guy that did was it Bug Boy or whatever it's called. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But I've only read two manga artists extensively, and it's just those, yeah. those two. Love my Junji Ito. Hell yeah, um, dude! Uzumaki is so oh, terrifying. Not fucking shit. Yeah. So, um, this is our second Italian movie in a row. So this is what's going on in the Italian underground right now. I kind of dig it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I would like a little more cohesion as far as, like, what's going on. That would be nice. You know, but... Um, <laughs> that would be nice. I'd appreciate that as well. But I, but I, but I am glad there are weirdos trying weird off-the-wall shit. Yeah, this is another movie that, like, I'm happy we're doing this podcast because I never would have seen this movie otherwise, most likely. And yeah. I feel richer as a human being having viewed this. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, um, yeah, it was just, I would have never seen this film otherwise, like, and so I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad it, it, very it showed much- up falls into the place of like it's an art piece i would really argue it oh without it's, a doubt that it's it, it's not like a movie you sit down for the gripping characters and the twists and turns of the plots but it's a thing you sit down to appreciate as a work of creation by some very 
talented creators working with virtually nothing, which is very obvious. And yeah. it's it, not, not a lot of people I know like that type of thing, but I do like that type of thing. So I kind of really dug this one. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, like I would have, it would have never occurred to me in a million years to like make a movie with, Socks and like you know like uh, uh, and it so fucking it, works it fucking it works. works yeah so um I I don't really have much more else with this movie like yeah I this tried is gonna really, be a short episode this uh, be a shorter one I tried really hard to research this I tried really hard to uh, dig up things about this movie and the people associated with and the sole problem is that it's a language barrier issue yeah uh, that. In Italy, in the underground art scene, these people do have names and are known. Unfortunately, it doesn't cross over to the English language, and I don't know Italian or really know where to begin in researching something like that. So I don't have a lot for this movie. Um, yeah. Outside, of, I think the people that make this are probably pretty fucking cool people. Yeah, definitely, and uh, hopefully we now have some uh, some fans in Italy. <laughs> for covering this movie oh man Um, so Lucas uh, do you recommend this movie in certain contexts to certain people absolutely like I would I would say like put it on at a party with your weirdo friends because you know we all have our group of weirdo friends if you're like uh, me and Jeff all your friends are your weirdo friends (laughs) Um, and uh yeah, um, or, or, or like, yeah, like at a, you know, like at a film, like a midnight movie kind of film screening. This movie would fucking kill at a film festival with like the, like secret midnight insane showing. This movie would fucking kill in that and, environment. And we should, we should, uh, we should actually bring that up. Uh, I'm glad you bring that up because, uh, it looks like they did kill at some film festivals according to Wikipedia. Um, oh, okay. It, yeah. Yeah. It, what they? So it won official selection at Fanta Festival 2015. Um, best film in the weird and wrong category <laughs> at the Broken <laughs> Knuckle. That's the best award you could fucking win. I, I, we need a weird and wrong category. That's the best. Oh, come on. If you make a movie, that's a get, fuck best picture. Give yeah. me weird and wrong. Like, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. That was at the uh, the Broken Knuckle Film Festival in 2015. Um, it made official Where the selection. Fuck is Broken Knuckle Film Festival. I want to go there. I know, right? <laughs> they have a weird and wrong category, and it's called Broken Knuckle. Like we have to, we have to make a pilgrimage. Obviously, yeah. So that sounds like a place I want to go. Like that yeah. sounds like a crew I want to hang out with. Um, oh, go, go on. Yeah, official selection at the London International Festival of Science Fiction and Fantastic Film in 2016. Um, Official selection at the Indie Film Festival in Switzerland. Um, Official selection at the Lumiere Film Festival. And Best Trash Feature Film at the Optical Theatre Festival in 2016. So, yeah, it killed it at the festivals. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to look at Broken Knuckle Film Fest. I believe it's actually held in New York City. Oh, no shit. Okay, cool. That's probably where uh, trauma, maybe. uh... It's possible. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, yeah, this is not journalism, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we're just just speculating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this, this is totally, like, at a film fest, the insane midnight showing. This is a fucking... Like, this closes down the house. Like, this would be a yeah. fucking knock out of the fucking park. Like, yeah. I, I, I um, regularly, when film festivals happened before the pandemic, we had in Portland here the absolutely amazing H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, which I've been going to. Um, I've been either working at or been an official guest at. Uh, every year that I've been in Portland, and this is actually a movie that I'm like, 
they would go fucking insane. Oh, I bet. Like, I I'm bet. imagining a show to the HP Lovecraft Film Fest crowd, and people would just be losing their absolute shit in the best way possible over yeah. this. No, so when I... I when so I, I didn't say if I recommended the movie. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, yeah, you, 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 no, no, you oh, go. Yeah, I was, go no, I was going to say, when I went to... Um, when I used to go to these 24-hour horror movie marathons in uh, Philly uh, that Exhumed Films would put on... Um, they would always show a really insane movie at like 6 a.m., but the festival yeah. ran from like noon to to uh, noon the next day. Yeah. So like this would be the 6 a.m. This, this is a 6 a.m. movie. Of yeah. Like, what the fuck am I being yeah. subjected to? You're 18 hours in and you're like, what? 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 Oh my god! What? <laughs> I I thought for a second there. Uh, if you were going to, because um, I believe it happens in Austin, but Numathon, the in a cool. Um, I think it's in a cool news over saw oh, that no shit. we brought I, up I, in the previous episode that apparently they are uh, not great people, which I wasn't aware of until we got brought up in our episode. And I looked yeah. up and you were correct. That is true. But they did do a um, 24 hour film festival. I believe it was in Austin called, oh, but no Numathon and they would do premieres of movie. It was like a combination of, uh, like f- film genre nerd favorites with super obscure shit that no one's ever seen and then premieres of major Hollywood productions all mixed together. And it was, I believe it was a 24-hour film fest that you didn't know a single movie when you went to it. Yeah, that's how the 24-hour horathons worked. Like, they didn't, they didn't um, tell you what they were going to play, but they gave hints. Yeah, and in Portland, we have a great theater called the uh, Hollywood Theater. Beautiful, beautiful old theater. Been there many times. It's where the um, HBO Craft Film Festival is held. They do a uh, Halloween marathon, and it goes all night, and it's something like six or eight movies. And it's something from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., something like that. And it sells out every year. I've never gotten a ticket for it. Um, but I'd love to experience it sometime. And you don't know any of the movies when you go in. But, like, yeah, this would be, like, perfect. Like, what you were saying from uh, till noon, this is a perfect 6 a.m. movie. If you're yeah. going till 6 a.m., just going all night, this is a perfect, like, 3 in the morning yes. movie. They're like, we're just going to fuck with your fucking head right now. Yeah. However, like, so I didn't say if I recommend this movie or not. My honest answer is going to be, no, I'm not going to recommend this movie because this movie's probably a little bit too cool for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you got to be in the right headspace. You got to be in the right state of mind. You got to be willing to open to certain uh, like aspects of filmmaking and independent art. And... Like what Jeff is not saying though is that if you are listening to this podcast, you are cool, <laughs> and you should probably watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, if you made it far this far in the show, you're probably cool enough to watch this movie. <laughs> but I, I I dug it. I thought it was a really interesting experiment in our journey through Chomer's filmography. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I agree. Was I wasn't sure how so this weird. was going to go, because like, when I watched it, I was like, man, this is so fucking weird. I have no idea how Lucas is going to react to it. And I and I gathered that you were thinking the same thing about me, and then it turned out we were both like, hey, this is pretty fucking cool and fun. Yeah. And like talking about it makes it fe- seem like, like, to me, it feels like, like oh, this movie was even like fucking cooler than I first like felt on first watch. Yeah, yeah, and like talking about it definitely... I don't know, like, helped as well, I think. I think this is a hidden gem in the uh, Troma lineup, and especially considering uh, Troma distributed it in... Um, 2015. Well, 2015's when the movie came out. Oh, okay. I, I'm not sure when the Troma distributed it, um, but I believe it's just within, like, the past, like, two or three years the Troma distributed it, and I think it some of the newer acquisitions get lost and this 2018 is 
2018. Okay, yeah, there we go. Three years ago. And um, I feel some of the newer... Um, oh, no, I lied. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. 2016, it was acquired by Troma, but then they put out the Blu-ray in 2018. Okay, there we go. There we go. Uh, so I, I feel like some of Troma's newer releases gets kind of lost in the shuffle. And, yeah, yeah, and, and they're they're acquiring shit all the time. Still. All the time, all the fucking time. And I hope in the show, like I got some other Blu-rays and some of their other recent acquisitions. So we'll be discussing them further on this show. And this makes me happy because it's like, like this and Father's Day, I think are two movies that like any Choma fan should definitely be seen. And so few Choma fans have seen either one of them. Father's yeah. Day at least did get some uh, following in the U.S., uh, but Six Akamanches from Outer Space, I've never fucking heard of this outside of picking a random movie to do for the show. Yeah, no, definitely have not, or had not. Though I, I, oh, oh, though I will say, here is a little critique we could actually go over, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, because it's so different than anything I'd say, but I kind of argue it's different for this movie. I think it would benefit from an English dub. Yeah, I could see that. Due to the nature of the movie, that it's so hard to follow and chaotic as it is also having to read subtitles yep is like a bit much and i think that was one of the reasons why i had i had trouble following it um because like i you like i don't have problems with subtitles i i, I watch lots we of both subtitle love, movies we both love and watch shit tons of foreign films you and i are the last people to complain about subtitles right on a movie. but but i think we can also agree that um when a movie is subtitled it does require yes. some additional attention that you know yes. you wouldn't normally have to um but then when you add the other the third layer of there's not even people in this movie and it's a really weird movie. It's really psychedelic, it's really experimental it, in its presentation. Like, like it's hard to just alone it, visually follow what's happening on screen. Yeah. And exactly. also I'd like to point out that it's sock puppets. So like substituting a language yeah. is gonna be very not noticeable. Like, we do right. have one human who's the dictator, which you actually never mentioned in this whole recording of the episode, that the one human is the dictator. Yeah, which is kind of funny. <laughs> He's honestly not in the movie that much. No, no. Like, we're looking at sock puppets, the essentially the entire movie. And so I was thinking, like, with the sock puppets, because you just have the hands going up and down in sock puppets, it's like... You could dub this in any language and have oh, a yeah. native to any market version of it. I'm almost a little bit surprised that didn't happen, but that also shows of how low budget of a studio were. Like that's me giving demands of a major film studio, almost most likely a bunch of weirdo artists working out of their garages and basements. Yeah, 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 for sure. And here I am complaining, well, why don't you dub it in English for the, for me being an American? I'm like, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, We're being you guys ugly. did great. You guys did great. Yeah. I really dug this. I really dug this. Yeah, movie. no, definitely. Keep soldiering on. I, uh, I want to check out some of your other stuff if I can. They had a brand new movie come out this year. Oh, no shit. Yeah, in 2021, they had a brand new movie. Um point up right now um but it's a apparently an animated movie and so like they're sticking with their uh you know playing in different mediums and i have imdb loading up right now come on why can't you do it faster uh, <laughs> it is called resurrection corporation cool and that just it just came out, and their first movie. Oh, I'm not even going to begin to try to pronounce it. It's La Invasion Delicia Astrozazi. I yeah, I, I think I think that translates to like something like the invasion of the astro Nazi. 
the invasion of the Asher Nazi. I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. Which. <laughs> so okay. They're roughly doing a movie every six years. So the first one was in 2009. Then there were six soccer monsters from outer space, um, aka uh, Dulcina Extrema, um, <laughs> which may be sweet extreme but it sounds way better like not knowing what it is yeah totally totally and then they and then they have a new movie out now in 2021 so six years in between movies nice all right so so next week uh we were talking at the end of last week's episode that we've been kind of like going all over the place yeah recently we've been going all over we got we got hung up in the detour in italy for two weeks which how the fuck did that fucking happen that's a hell of a layover (laughs) well we did we got yeah that was quite the layover two-week layover in italy so we gotta get back to trumaville and lloyd kaufman and i said i picked the last lloyd kaufman movie so lucas you get to pick the next one. What's the next Lloyd Kaufman movie we're going to cover? So, Jeff, we have a toss-up situation here because Ooh. I am, like, I, I, I either want to do Squeeze Play or Sergeant Kabuki Man. Ah, shit! You know what? I actually was guessing you were going to pick one of those two. Oh, that's funny. I was yeah. seriously guess, thinking in my head, I'm like, Lucas is going to pick either Squeeze Play to go down the um, sex comedy route again. <laughs> Or he's going to subject me to Sergeant Kubuki. Look, I, I really liked the first turn on, and I am really curious I, now to watch I the rest of the sex comedies. Well. Yeah. Oh, so which of those out, which out of those two do you either, either A, want to revisit, or B, experience for the first time? So my thought process is, like, since Sergeant Kabuki Man is one of the obvious, like, big ones, like, I'm kind of like, we're going to do that one way or the other eventually so maybe we should just do squeeze play you want to go with squeeze play yeah let's do it let's fucking do squeeze play awesome awesome so next week we're going to discuss uh lake kaufman's sex comedy about an all-female baseball team i believe it's essentially the same thing as like a league of her own but like a decade before a league of her own if and if uh, like almost two decades, I think, right? I, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, it could be. It could be that long. Um, though, keep in mind, neither one of us has seen Squeeze Play yet, so we could be getting some basics of the plot line wrong. So maybe these yeah. two movies are very different from each other. Yeah. You looking at Squeeze Play? Yeah. So it is. Um, it is. Uh, you know, there's a female baseball team, but I think they're playing against a male baseball team. Doesn't that happen in the league? I, I've also never seen the League of Her Own. No, a league, of, is, a league of a League of Their Own is uh is um. Wait, is uh, it their own or her own? Uh, <laughs> Why are we know. talking? Okay, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's yeah, stop. yeah, we, not, we don't. Uh, we don't need to go into this. Yeah, we don't. We don't need it. We didn't come here to talk about Tom Hanks movies. No, <laughs> we did not. We came here to <laughs> talk about Lloyd fucking Kaufman movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right, so squeeze play. So then I guess the final thing, if you're still listening, that's fucking awesome. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're smart. You know how to do it. My name is Jeff Burke. He's Lucas Mangum. You're a smart person. You can find us. Yes, and you can. And we should do plugs. What, 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 what do you have to plug? Oh, my God. Um... <sighs> all right, you go You've first. You've got so much shit going I know, on. I know, right I do. Now. It's it's insane how much things I have going on. Um, I'm just gonna recycle my plug from last week because, like, you know, I want to kind of keep the uh, keep the excitement going on that one. It's the uh, the final gate uh, by myself, Lucas Mangum, and uh, Wesley Southard, Splatterpunk Award winner Wesley Southard. Um, it's a uh, yeah, it's a tribute to Fulci movies, but in book form. Um, it's about gates to hell and. Uh, really soupy zombie things and uh lots of eye gougings so uh grab that on amazon and uh yeah i think it's just on amazon right now but uh might be on the other book places later yeah so the uh thing i got is actually to go back to my time at delay press 
one of my major authors I published was Brian Keene, who the first Brian Keene I put out was Urban Gothic. And finally, oh yeah, yeah. Finally, after many, many years, Keene has finally done the promised sequel to it called Suburban Gothic, co-written with um, Brian Smith, two Brian's there, and um, is both a sequel to Brian Keene's Urban Gothic and Brian Smith's The Freak Show. I have not read the book yet. I have ordered it. I am psyched. When I was editor at Dedic Press, Keene promised me that book years ago. <laughs> he's finally finished it. However, I'm out of the publishing game, so I have nothing to do with it. I say nothing to gain from this. And it's being published by Deadite Press, who I'm no longer associated with. However, this is a thing that goes back from my long stay there. And I'm super psyched to see this book in production. Cool. And I am really looking forward to my copy arriving in the mail so I can finally read it. Yeah. And they, uh... Yeah, if you're into the... And they got an weird... Alan Clark cover, it looks gorgeous. They do, and if you're into uh, weird dead mall stuff, it's actually, uh, it takes place in a dead mall, does it not? I don't know, I haven't even read I... the description of it. I yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. I was I like, think... oh, this book's finally out, finally. Fuck dead man. malls come oh. into play. I don't know if the whole book is set in a dead mall, but I know they they come into play. <laughs> a dead mall would make sense in the, uh, in the urban gothic universe. I can see how that would work. Cool, cool. All right, yeah, so uh, grab grab the new one from Brian Keene and Brian Smith. Grab the new one from myself and Wesley Southerd. And uh, yes, oh, Watch please. Squeeze Play. We'll be watch back next week. Watch Squeeze Play. Squeeze Play. <laughs> all right, we'll see you all next week.